Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening. Welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I am Chris. I am your host. Uh, back this week, I've got Mark. Hello. Uh, also, back this week, I've got Alex. How are you doing, Alex? All right? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You were in Wales last week, weren't you? Uh, I was. How was that? It was It was very nice. Lots of sheep and Welsh people. What more I mean, there there literally were like driving through the valleys. There were actually just sheep on the roads and stuff. I'm not making any kind of unpleasant stereotypical jokes here. Well, you should be used to this. This is like sort of—is this not dissimilar to horses on the road in the New Forest? Uh, yeah, yeah, very similar actually. Although they're ponies in the New Forest on a technicality. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a size thing. Size matters. Apparently, when horses are being discussed, yes. Yeah, you're the pony whisperer. Something like that. Fair enough. Uh, and we've got a new guy with us this week. Uh, we've got Ryan. How are you, Ryan? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Uh, now, you're a Chelsea fan. I am. Contra- well, people might think contra- a bit controversial. But, and, you know, I'm sticking with it, so that's fine. Yeah? Since, when was this, 2003? <laughs> you, you'd be surprised. A lot of people say that to me. Um, since since as I can remember, I've always been a Chelsea fan, so... When's how how long I can remember? Oh, when I was when I was a child. <laughs> well, you're a child. Fair enough. <laughs> Be- before Roman's money. Before Roman's okay. Well, yes. that's okay. Well, you're only the second Chelsea fan we've had on here, so. Ooh. But yeah, you're in dangerous territory. Uh, right. Well, this week we're going to be talking about the uh, transfer window. We are going to be talking about the Premier League action that's happened coming up, and. Um, bit of Pep, bit of John Terry, and uh, we're going to choose ourselves an Arsenal five-a-side team. Um, right, deadline day. Uh, we have with us a guy that the BBC were using that calls himself a football manager expert, making him fucking hate transfer. Deadline day. Uh, do I suddenly live in an alternate universe? How's that Pac-Man kid you play? A good United right back? Oh, I mean, he loves the pills. Um, you took some pouters this week, didn't you, Alex? Yep. Tell us, what you're, tell us what you're up to. <laughs> um, so th- this is now the third uh, transfer deadline day I've done it for. Um, basically, the BBC decided uh, that it would be a bit of fun, and it is no more than a bit of fun, um, to have a couple of people, myself, a fancy football manager, expert, and um, I think they used a, a FIFA gamer on one occasion as well, just just to kind of run prospective bids through and and give a, a diff perspective on it. Um, and that's all it is. I'm not pretending to have any kind of expert opinion on reality. God knows that's true in a variety of different ways. Um, but for some reason, people, some people seem to think it's the end of the world. It's the end of journalism. It's the end of football. It's the end even of Britain, uh, as one guy said. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just... 
the the thing with Football Manager is it has a very wide scouting network. It has a surprisingly good success rate when it comes to uh, predicting the future ability of players. And a lot of people <clears throat> are may not be aware that that things like um, the the ProZone tool that's used by Football Manager is also used by a lot of clubs in real life. So. While, yes, it is a bit of fun and it is a different perspective, it is not as utterly divorced from reality as some people might think. Well, at Flinny403, um, finding it hard to take the BBC live tech seriously with constant input from Dave down the road who has Football Manager. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've seen at least two tweets where you're, the word expert has been sort of put in inverted commas. Right. Yeah. Um, and Jerry Barton. I, I, I was one of them, was I not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's you, Mark. Joey Barton took notice of you, didn't he? Um, I think Joey Barton was prompted into it, and and Joey Barton will comment on pretty much anything, I believe. Um, so I, I don't pay too much heed to that. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's entertaining. It keeps me. But to, to be honest, I spend more time uh, responding to people on Twitter than I do actually doing the work for the BBC. So. Um, it, it's it's no skin off my nose, and if people want to take it seriously, I, I was actually really disappointed because for the last two windows, um, one of the the biggest um, things thrown at me is that I'm a virgin, and nobody nobody called me a virgin this window. Well, so course, I don't know. Of course, you're a virgin. You're not married, are you? Oh shit! Yeah. Oops. Sorry, Jesus. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so If no one said that, that's progress. Everyone's going to start loving football manager fans and experts because, you know, if no one's calling you a virgin this year, then progress. Yeah. Right. I, I'm, I've been transformed overnight into some sort of sexual lothario. Football manager lothario. Yeah, that's how I should be styling myself. I mean, fuck it. There's loads and loads of people. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's loads and loads of people on on the internet that write about football manager it's a thing and and tra- transfer deadline day is such a self congratulatory congratulatory exploding pile of cack anyway that adding a little bit more i don't know entertainment lightheartedness or whatever to the proceedings i i don't see how that can be a bad thing if anybody takes that whole day seriously to start with then they have a massive problem so yeah i i don't i don't really care (laughs) are you saying that jim white has got a problem because he takes transfer deadline day very seriously so yeah i think i I might be saying that yeah well well jim white (laughs) is the problem yeah (laughs) no the 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 problem is is football generally (laughs) That this beast that has to keep feeding itself with constant input and constant news and constant exclusives to the point where actually there is nothing left to talk about and we end up with some poor woman stood in a car park outside Norwich while two guys pretend to fuck each other against the railings and that's the funniest thing that happened. Well, should you ever come down to Cornwall and we ever meet, I would quite like to see you try and pull a lady giving her football manager stats on Taribo West or something. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, I mean, that's actually worth a trip to Cornwall just <laughs> on its I own terms, Tari- I think. I thought Taribo West was a place in Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> You're not probably far wrong. Right. Deadline Day. It seems to hear you are our Deadline Day expert. Let me just run through the couple of ones that um, that sort of got my attention. Uh, and you sort of tell us any that missed out and anybody else that fancies sort of 
shouting one out. So I've got Aidan McGeady to Sheffield Wednesday on loan. Uh, Jordan Rhodes went to your tip for the cup, Alex uh, Middlesbrough. Yeah, that went well, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen Fletcher has done a modern day Tony Cascarino and gone to Marseille. That's he's, the... done a, he's done a modern day Joey Barton. He has, isn't he? And he's going to make his debut in the Classique on Sunday. That's got to be worth watching. Yeah, it, I mean, that is a random signing, um, particularly because they got Batshui, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's actually really quite good. So, um, And they weren't taking advantage of interest. They, they said categorically they wouldn't sell him this window. So given that they play one striker up front, I'm not entirely sure where Fletcher's really going to get much game time from, but... It'll be fun to see how that transpires. Yeah. Uh, Rod Fanny has gone to Charlton. I just wanted to say Rod Fanny. Um, Nick Powell. Paul Nick Powell. He's gone to Hull on loan from Manchester United. I do feel sorry for him. Um, Sadie Dumbia has gone to, uh, from Roma to Newcastle, I think, on loan. Uh, Omar Niassi has gone to Everton Mark for £13.5 million. Gianni Mbouli has gone to Stoke from Porto for £18.3 million, uh, which is both £3 million more than Porto paid for him last summer and also £4 million more than the Britannia Stadium cost to build. Um, and perhaps the most interesting one, Jackson Martinez, £31 million to... Uh, I don't want to pronounce this without sounding racist. Some team in China I can't pronounce. Guang yeah. Zhao. Um, Zhu Zhao. That is a very interesting signing. Mm. Um, and, and there have been quite a lot of... of not exactly top class, but but just below that, um, Brazilian players moving from the the Brazilian league over there as well. Um, so the financial clout of China, which is already making itself felt over here in terms of um, part ownership of clubs, is obviously flexing itself out there. I can't think that there'd be much more dispiriting than than moving out there and playing in front of what are probably quite small crowds to people for whom football is not yet naturally a, a thing that they're drawn to. But, um, I, it, you know, it may be the new frontier. I'm not entirely sure. I think um, Mbula's signing for Stoke, by the way, is is absolutely brilliant for them. Yeah. I, I think he'll be really, really good um, and uh, shows that they are, they have to be taken very seriously as an upwardly mobile club now, not just because of what Mark Hughes is doing to them. But if you look at some of the signings that they've brought in, he obviously talks a very good game, Mark Hughes, because he's convincing um, some good young players who've got really um, great futures ahead of them in all likelihood to, to come to the Britannia Stadium. Not a sentence anyone thought they'd ever utter. <laughs> um, what about you two, Mark and Ryan? Any transfers stick out for you? For, for me, I think it's not even a transfer, and I, I don't want to jump the gun, and we'll, we'll talk about Pep later, but I think Man City announcing Pep Guardiola as a deal, I think it is probably one of the bigger transfers. It's not officially a transfer, but I think it's something that's going to make a massive difference for the rest of the season. So mm. in a way, it's sort of one dread deadline day for me. But I mean, there, was, there were no players that stuck out to me as a sort of a... Well, the Mbola deal is massive, and I think there's a lot of players that sort of went around to clubs, and it could be good for them. But nothing sort of groundbreaking like an Andy Carroll type deal that we've seen before. No. What about you, Mark? Are you excited by um, I can't pronounce it, but him, Uma Niasi. Mark. Mark. He's obviously that excited that he's just <laughs> yeah. he's just left. Sorry, the <laughs> I had to uh, I had to pay a visit, but anyway, I'm back now. <laughs> you were that interested, I had to have a log. 
Um, I'm going to leave that one hanging there, I think. <laughs> no, you did. Like, a bit like you did. <laughs> the, um, as far as I know, he's a, he's a striker, quite mobile, gets stuck in, scores a few goals. Um, you know, if Lukaku ever gets injured, then we don't really have a decent backup. So we'll see how he, we see how he plays. Apparently he can play wide as well. We've already got about a million wingers. Uh, it's a forward we need. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I was just surprised that there was the lack of big name signings by English clubs, bearing in mind, um, the, the desperation that everyone's going to be or supposedly showing to stay in the league this year, given that the, the new TV deal kicks in in the summer and people don't want to go down. Well, nobody in the top eight signed anybody in deadline day. Um, Manchester United didn't sign anybody in the whole window and neither did Aston Villa. Mm. So. Well, I think that's the big, that's the telling story is that Villa are almost, you know, resigned to being relegated at this point. There's, it's almost like, I think they've even said they don't want to burden themselves with a massive wage budget that they can't sustain in the championship. And it makes sense. The fans aren't, obviously aren't happy but it makes sense from a longevity standpoint to sort of not sign anyone now, deal with the hardships of the championship next season, and then hopefully come back a year later and sort of the, reap the rewards. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, well, should we move on to the action then? Um, last night, I'm going to go Liverpool first because I want to get that one out of the way. Uh, the Liverpool, Leicester City 2, Liverpool 0, the Demo Heskey and Peggy Arpex said derby. Um <laughs> Jamie Vardy scored two. Was it his first or second one that was the long-range one? First, I think. Well, his first one. Uh, the most interesting thing about this was people on Twitter getting very upset as to whether it was actually a volley or not. <laughs> was it a volley? I don't know. It, it was no. more like it looked more like a half volley to me, but I, I don't, it wasn't like the ball just bounced up in the air and he hit it. Sort of, it, he definitely took a run at it. So it's very disingenuous, isn't it? Mm. A volley, a volley can't have touched the ground. When the ball is played to him, mm. you know it's got to have not touched the ground before he hit it, and he let it drop over his shoulder, hit the deck, and then he hoofed it over the top of Mingley from thirty odd yards. So it's not a volley. I was going to say take some doing, but then it's mingling goal, isn't it? Yeah, it was uh, a great finish, great goal. I was, it was fantastic, wasn't it? And in that game, they only had thirty six percent possession. Klopp's Liverpool is Rogers' Liverpool. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some Van Garlesque almost, isn't it? Um, next up for Liverpool, they are at home to Sunderland. Um, Leicester City next are away at Manchester City. Did anyone see them get anything from that, Alex? Do you reckon they can get anything from that? I I think in in this vein of form, then quite possibly yes. I mean, Man City have obviously, as as was alluded to earlier, got this um i mean it's probably not a shock to anyone in the club but the the glare of publicity the speculation around that the countless tedious articles on who peps going to sign has to sign etc cetera, etc cetera, will surely have some sort of impact on city so it could be a really good time for leicester to play them yeah i think you're but, right i think leicester have got they've got man city this weekend i think they've got arsenal the following week yeah they have uh, and that's obviously a, a pretty hefty bump in the road on the run into a, in, onto the title, which you never thought you'd say that about Leicester City. But then they're following two games, games after that are at home to uh, West Brom and home to Norwich. So if they can, they can see out the two difficult games coming up without getting beat. For example, they take a couple of draws, and then they've got those three following fixtures. 
we really do have to take him seriously in this title race. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the table, but to the left of the table it says that Nigel de Jong has joined LA Galaxy. Yes, um, I saw that earlier. Yeah. You saw it earlier, did you? Nigel de Jong, Alex, <coughs> um, Avon Barksdale. <laughs> See, That's good. We will do that podcast one day. Oh, we we must do that <laughs> podcast, but but with due warning, so that I can sit down and watch all five series again in preparation. Yeah, I think you're right. We will definitely do it. Um, well, let's talk about your chap, shall we? The um, the feeder club derby, Arsenal nil, Southampton nil. <coughs> yeah, Tell well, me we're about Fraser Forster. Fraser Forster was was pretty immense, um, and and I I wrote a while back um, for you, Maxit, that that he yeah, his absence has been the most single telling thing so far this season because he is an exceptional goalkeeper uh, and capable of making really really good saves, but he also clearly has a, a calming effect on on the defence. There's there's no question that. When he came in, um, that that coincided with the beginning of our much much tighter back four, um, and he just has this effect on the defenders playing in front of him. Um, and and he was exceptional last night. And yeah, Wenger moaned about how much he did and how it should have been a landslide and all the rest of it. But but at the same time, I think that once again is is a bigger club detracting from Southampton's game plan which was to be very compact very solid look to hit the team they were playing on the break um and yeah Forster played very very well but I think that the team played well as a whole um whilst Fraser Forster was injured they lost eight out of ten and conceded 19 uh since he's come back they've kept three clean sheets in four who's got the bigger Chance of dislodging Joe Hart, him or um, Jack Butland for England? I. That's a really, really tricky question. Um, I think the sensible answer would be would be to stick Butland in now, just because I think Butland has got the greater longevity. Um, Butland obviously was actually linked with Southampton. I think we balked at paying. Um, whatever was being asked for him by, I think it was Birmingham City at the time, yeah. and then Stoke snapped him up. Um, I, personally, I would drop Hart and, and have Butland now with Forster as his backup. Um, and I, I don't think there's much to choose between them as goalkeepers, but Butland's got longer um, to go in terms of his career. You don't like Joe Hart, though, do you? Nope, not at all. <laughs> Joe Hart, Ryan? No, I'm not. I, I, one of those goalkeepers that I think seems to care too much about things that aren't involving the game. I don't know what it is. Anytime I see him play, he just doesn't seem to be that interested. And he makes a few too many mistakes for my liking. So I'd prefer someone like Forster to come in, probably. Oh, he can come back, can't he, Alex? What? To Ryan, for... he can come back next week. Oh, yeah. Oh. No, absolutely. <laughs> Any, anyone who doesn't like... Sorry, I thought you were talking about Joe Hart. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> Joe Hart cannot come back. No, no. but I, th- I, think, I, think that's, I think that's right about Joe Hart. Um, and I think he's, he's benefited from playing behind what was a very, very good defence um, and has not obviously been so much so this season. But, yeah, he just... He, he doesn't seem to have the focus and, and there's too much showiness. I mean, Schmeichel who I think is probably the best goalkeeper the Premier League's ever seen, um, was also a very showy, very demonstrative goalkeeper, but he consistently backed that up with his performances. And I don't think Hart does. I think he kind of tries to 
anger himself into that mental place where he's able to perform and, and it, it actually doesn't work because it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about your team as well uh, and the one thing, I don't know if people might mention it and I might have missed it, but your two centre-backs, Fonte and Van Dijk, Virgil van Dijk, they're both very, very good players, aren't they? Yeah, um, well, Font was was arguably one of the two or three best um, centre-halves last season, um, and Southampton had a phenomenal defensive record last season, and, and of course he was playing alongside Alderweireld, who's been superb at Spurs. Um, van Dijk, I was, I was slightly worried that he might be a little bit slow um, when he moved down from Celtic, but I know friends of mine who know a lot about Dutch football rated him very, very highly. Um, and yeah, he's he's been awesome for us. Um, and Font's a real leader. I mean, I, I remember us going back having players like um, Svensson and Lundekvam alongside each other slightly back in the day. And, and I think we've got a, a really, really solid central defensive pairing of that ilk uh, at the moment. It's really good to see. Yeah. Um, well, we've so got Arsenal away at Bournemouth next time out. Uh, you're at home to West Ham. Yeah, that should be all right. Yeah, uh, Norwich nil, Spurs three. Mark your man crush, Alex Neil. He took a beating. Mm, it's not nothing to be embarrassed about at the minute. Off Tottenham, they're playing well, aren't they? And yeah. uh, are, are in, not an out, not even an outside bet to win the league. They're only five points behind Leicester. They're as close as Arsenal are to the top of the league. And you know they've got Ali and Kane and Alderweireld and one or two others playing really well. So um, yeah, it's not it's not a surprise. But I, I do still hope that Norwich pull out of it in the end well they keep doing silly back passes don't they it was Olsen this time wasn't it, it was, I don't know whether he was tackled or whether he passed the ball back straight to Harry Kane who scored right I mean they were in that 5-4 with Liverpool so maybe it was a bit of a hangover from that and they, they, they got stuck in a rut of doing an Everton let's say and being a bit slack with they're a bit concerned with playing too much football perhaps yeah um, Alex you're a football manager a transfer expert should Spurs have brought in a striker in the window um yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those, like um, Mark was saying about Everton, you know, there's there's a, a reliance on Lukaku in Everton's case and Kane in, in Spurs' case, and that can obviously be a problem. But then Kane is, is a young guy, he doesn't seem to, to look like he's particularly burdened. Um, you know, say for example, we've had issues with Graziano Pella, where he's, he's obviously... Um, got very very tired and I mean there's always a balance isn't there if you bring somebody new in then that can upset the balance of the squads and Spurs are playing superbly at the moment so I guess if they felt it wasn't necessary it probably wasn't yeah Um, Ryan is Mauricio Pochettino going to be your manager next season Um, I, I doubt it I can't see him leaving Tottenham it depends sort of where Tottenham end up really if Tottenham end up sort of, you know, bottling it towards the end of the season and sort of finishing outside the top four again. Maybe there's a temptation there if the offer comes his way. Um, to be honest, Chelsea's not a very tempting offer at the moment. I, I, and that's coming from me, you know, it's, it's not a tempting offer from anyone's perspective. So, Can anybody see him at United instead? Potentially. I think that's probably a better fit for him than, yeah. it, than Chelsea. Uh, he's probably got a bit more room to play the youngsters and, and to breed that team whereas I think at Chelsea you're probably burdened by the existing squad and yeah. you probably can't make as many changes as he'd want so probably not um, 
Okay, so next up for Norwich, they're away to Aston Villa in the Paul Lambert derby. Uh, and Spurs are next at home to Watford. Um, is that the Ronnie Rosenthal derby, Mark? Was that Liverpool and Spurs? Uh, Spurs and Watford. Spurs and Watford. Yeah, Rosenthal played for Watford for a little while, didn't he? I thought he did, yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Um, well, Sunderland nil, Manchester City 1 was next. Uh, now, you were talking about Joe Hart earlier on. I th- did you watch the highlights this to say, Alex, match of the day? I thought Joe Hart was pretty good in this. Like, don't get me wrong. Joe Hart is not a bad player. He's just not as good as he thinks he is, and he's not the best goalkeeper in England. But yeah. the, other thing, the other thing with Joe Hart is as well, it's, he could be a lot better than he is. Like, it's not that he doesn't need, he does think that he's better, but like, there's so much potential there. I think the worst thing is that he, because he makes these mistakes and he, he's, he's very good on his day, mm. but he, he just, he, he could be so much better than he is and he could be such a force, but he just ruins it by his attitude. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of attitudes, uh, City got two yellow cards for time-wasting and Sunderland ran six kilometres further than Manchester City. Are they... I mean, you've had the announcement of Pep Guardiola. Are they sort of coasting along a little bit? I, I, I think they probably want the season to end, you to think? be honest. Uh, it, I, you know, they're sort of doing well in the league. The, you know, everything's probably going to be all right for them in the end. Do they need to do anything this season? With the manager outgoing, probably not. You know, is is there a, a need to win the title for Pellegrini? Probably not. They probably don't care enough about Pellegrini to win the league for him. That is his sort of swan song. So they probably just want the season to end and Pep can join. Do you know think? I think he seems quite an affable kind of chap, Pellegrini. I think they'd want to send him off with um, with a title. Yeah, because think... foot- footballers are known for their sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a cynic. Yep. <laughs> well, quick yeah or nay then. Uh, is he the right man, Pep? Yes, I yeah. think he's going to be the right man for the job in the long run. Uh, but he, the thing is, the thing about Pep is he's always been in charge of a good squad with a bit of money, so he can sort of grow it and, and improve it. And I think he's got that at Man City. Whether he's going to be there forever, I doubt it. Um, I think it's going to be a lot more pressure on him to succeed because of his pedigree. But I think he's probably the right man to take them forward. So that squad he inherited. Sorry, he was sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think one of the things about um, the last two clubs he's been at, they've both had phenomenally strong youth systems with with players ready to step up and put pressure on, on the existing first-team squad. Uh, Man City is not as well known for that. Um, and, and, OK, it's not at Chelsea levels of buy young players and send them out on loan, but... I'm not sure if there's anybody in the sort of city under 21s, under 18s who's really, really pushing to to come up. And I think actually a lot of that, while they've made a couple of big signings with with Mangala and Otamendi um, in defence, a lot of the sort of front five of City is the same as it's been for a good few years. And the attacking players that they've bought haven't really bedded in. And, And I just wonder whether there's enough young talent there to offset the complacency they he's, the, sorry. he's going to have to spend a lot of money, I think, to, to make the squad fit what he wants to do with it. They've got the academy, haven't they? Um, which they ploughed a whole lot of money into. Inacio's coming on through. Uh, John Guidetti, I think, is still on loan. Um, so he could come back as well. But Pep took over from Barcelona when they just lost the league with um, 
to Real Madrid, didn't they? They'd still got Messi and Deco and um, Ronaldinho when he took over, but he turned them into winners and he did impose their philosophy on them. What do you reckon, Mark? Is it it's a, a good move? Um, it, it, it's not a bad move, but it's going to be, I think it's the, the, the biggest test of his managerial career, just simply because he's coming into the most competitive environment he's ever come into before. Um, even if they were, lost the league to Real Madrid when he was at Barcelona, that was essentially it. You've got Atletico Madrid who've, who've come forward a little bit in recent times to, to put it up to the two big clubs in Spain. But after that, you know, there's not much opposition from everybody else. Uh, in Germany, he's taken over Bayern as they've taken over from Borussia Dortmund, as Borussia Dortmund's side have kind of lost their edge. But again, even Dortmund at their best were the only side in the Bundesliga to put it up to Bayern Munich in recent times. Mm. Now he's coming to the Premier League where the field is compacting even more with the television deal, regardless of how much money Manchester City have got, um, asides of all of that and asides of what everybody else have. Um, he's coming to the most competitive league out there. So it's going to be a real test of how good he is every single week when he doesn't have by far and away the best squad, unless they do go out and buy Barcelona's front three, for example. Um, so we'll see how good he is. But... I, I certainly don't see him sticking around here for five or ten years. I can see him doing exactly what he's done in Germany. Be here for three years, be pretty successful, uh, and then find another job, maybe perhaps somewhere sunnier and more attractive than the East End of Manchester. It could always be a, um, a Uday Hussein doppelganger lookalike, couldn't it? <laughs> there's not much There's not much call for those on <laughs> shows or stag do's, you know? Do you not think? <laughs> I, I doubt that that guy who looks like David Beckham who runs that agency has got any of the Hussein family on his books. Imagine him turning up and jumping out of a cake of hen night. That would be the shittest hen night. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to Man on the Post podcast. Why not check out our website over at manonthepost.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Man on the Post, and most importantly, please head over to iTunes to rate and review us. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Well, West Ham to Aston Villa nil. The David Cameron derby, this one, of course. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, satire. (laughs) I felt... Who watched this? Did anybody watch this on BT Sport? I did not. No? Anybody else? Nope. I felt... I'm in foreign climbs. Oh, okay. Yeah. I felt incredibly sorry for Remy Gard. He looked an uh, absolutely dejected man after this. And Slaven Bilic looked really sort of apologetic to have won it as well. I feel really sorry for Remy Gard because he's obviously, he seems a good guy and a good manager. Um, but Jordan Ayew's red card was just bonkers in the extreme. I've, I've seen it. I don't really know what's sort of going through his head at the time. Um, it's just... One of those things that a player does that you can't really comprehend, it happens, and then you sort of just think, I can't see any reason why you do it. Um, have, any, and, yeah. have any of the three of you done something similar playing? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this I, is a I, guess, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I, I have been sent off a number of times. I used to play in goal, and I, um, I was quite... Uh, was quite cavalier in my approach, shall we say? <laughs> um, but my actually, my disciplinary record in rugby is far worse. Um, but no. let's—we won't talk about that. No, no, let's. <laughs> are you Dylan Hartley? Are you? 
Um, well, no, basically, I, I, I used to, I played for my college at university, and then at the weekends, I'd go back and play for a club side in Hampshire. Um, so I, I, you know, I was sort of playing with, with a bunch of, of farmers and scaffolders and stuff, and then I would bring that back to the, the sedate, <laughs> gleaming spires and start punching people, and, and, and people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? It's, <laughs> just relax. But you can't, like, if you're, yeah, you have to look after, I was, I'm a back row as well, so you, you have to look after yourself when you're playing against really nasty people, and then you come back and play against a bunch of fucking posh boys, and, and it doesn't, doesn't quite go across so well. Well, was Jordan Ayer doing that to uh, Ryan Cresswell? Is is Ryan Cresswell a sort of angry farmer? <laughs> That's a lovely image. I'm not sure if it quite works. No. He was a very silly boy, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, there was a point in the game where they were down to 10 men. There was a cross that came in, and it was still nil-nil. Michael Richards sort of hooked it off the line, and you kind of thought, well, this is it. This is going to be one of those games where they sort of eke out a nil-nil draw. But it wasn't to be. West Ham are looking pretty good, aren't they? They are, where are they now? They're sixth. They're six points off of fourth place. West Ham are a good side. Um, but but I think anybody looks good against Aston Villa at the moment. I, I have actually tried playing Aston Villa on Football Manager um, because, you know, that's how I learn about football. And um, and they are just woeful. There's, there's literally nothing you can do with them to get them to win anything. Mm. So... Um, that's obviously a reflection of real life, as Football Manager always says. Hashtag Broken Britain. Right, exactly. <laughs> now a bloke who plays Football Manager is telling me about footballers on the BBC. <laughs> yeah, Gee, actually, that that Broken Britain guy um, is is a friend of a friend. Oh, is he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that he knows that. So um, really, so I, I I could find him if I really wanted to. Uh, you could. He's uh, Mike Ardo. At Micardo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I can find him on the internet. Yeah. You can find him in real life. Yeah. You could do a Curtis Woodhouse on him, couldn't you? Just turn up at his door. (laughs) Just just tweet him, I'm outside your gaff, come on. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Right, Palace 1, Bournemouth 2. Palace took the lead in this with Scott Dan. Um, uh, Mark Pugh and Benekophobia. Is it Mark Pugh? Is it Hugh Pugh? Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. Not Barney McGrew. Um, no, I think he plays for somebody else. <laughs> and Benny Gaffo... Hey? Trumpton. Trumpton Casuals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Benny Gaffo, he's now scored three in a row. He seems a pretty good buyer, doesn't he? Um, Bournemouth are now 15th place and seven points off of Newcastle and 18th. Um, do you see the comment? <laughs> no, I'm not in the country, so I didn't see any football last night. Oh, you're still not in the country? No. Oh, so where are you? Athens. Athens? What's happening mm-hmm. in Athens? There's a big general strike tomorrow. Really? Wow. Surprise. Yeah. Is, is that why you're there, is it? <laughs> I'm a scab. <laughs> Are you? You're going into work while there's a strike? No, no, no. I've been working, but not, not nothing to do with the strike. No. Okay. So. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't see it. No, no, I didn't see anything last night. But Emmanuel Adeboyol came on, nearly scored. Nearly, wow. I think that's the story of the majority of his career, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Bournemouth lost their first five out of their six away games, but they've now just lost one out of seven since. They're slowly but surely, they're becoming a bit more steady, aren't they? I like, I like Eddie Howe. I think he's doing a really good job there. And I think it's always going to take some time getting used to a new league. And I think, you know, if 
they can just weather the storm until the end of the season, survive by that, and fifteenth, you know, they're gonna. I can see them sort of moving up the table pretty quickly, sort of similar to what Watford are doing already this season. I sort of, I can see them being a Crystal Palace level team in a couple of years. You know, they buy the right players, they sort of play the right football, and this will be a solid Premier League team. Yeah. Um, Manchester United three, Stoke nil. Does anybody want to talk about this? I feel sorry for Mark Hughes. He's had a rough couple of weeks, hasn't he? <laughs> I don't think any signings in the world can can save you from a Man United three 0 beat down. But you know, no, especially this Man United team. It, it's not it's not a proud moment for them, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Thinking, oh man, it'll be alright. Manchester United can't score goals, and then they go ahead and score three. Yeah, well, they scored at home in the first half for the first time in eight hours and forty minutes. Tells the entire story, really, doesn't it? I think. I, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Um, Stoke now or next at home to Everton who play Newcastle tonight Mark yeah um, how do you reckon that's going to go uh, well Stoke are on a bit of a downer aren't they at the minute yeah they've been getting a lot of praise but they, I think they've lost quite a few recently well they lost so it the weekend in the cup didn't they and they lost in the league cup to Liverpool on penalties didn't they yeah I think they're, I think they're not going through a particularly good patch for all the praise they've been getting so it's obviously going to be a Stoke win <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Manchester United away at Chelsea, Ryan. It's it's always a difficult one to to call. Um, sort of the way Chelsea are playing at the moment, it's going to be difficult. I think United are also on the downer, so it could be a turning point in their season and the win. So I I can probably see it being a draw. And the captain leader legend farewell tour begins. Yeah, I mean, it, it, well the the tour started against Watford right now, and, and it's currently not going. Fantastically, so I think it's going to be a difficult game. He, he might end up getting himself sent off, so that might be a really good testament to his time against Manchester United. Yeah, Mark and Alex, are you um, going to join in this John Terry loving? No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no time for him. He's been a great player, of course he has. But um, you, you mentioned about the farewell tour. I just want to see how close Sky can get to the levels of Steven Gerrard sycophancy, if that's a word. Uh, that they got to went on his farewell tour, especially towards the end, are they going to be uh, ramp themselves up to an even higher level? That that's the most interesting um, thing that I'm looking forward to with this whole John Terry uh, contract thing. So let's see if Sky get themselves into a collective circle jerk over him. Circle jerk. What's a circle I, jerk? I'll let you look it up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? Should I do it at work or at home? Oh dear. You've got to, you can only do it at work. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. I'll ask the wife. <laughs> or not. If your wife's an expert in. <laughs> then you're married a good one. <laughs> She's a keeper. Um, is this a bit of a play, though? To, not her, um, John Terry. Um, is this a bit of a play to get himself a new contract? I, I, I read honestly, something today. I read something today that Hidink has already said that that this whole thing could re- be reversed in the end, whether he's there or not. I mean, it's unlikely to be. Mm. So you, you possibly, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it's a cunning plan by John Terry to to play on the emotion of the fans and everything to to get them to change their mind. Who knows? Well, he's he, it, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound implausible, does it? In in the modern day footballer, even the most loyal of subjects. Um, are prone to 
a little bit of emotional blackmail from time to time. Well, he did it before, didn't he, when he um, threatened to go to Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> and he's not getting any. He's not getting any better, and and you have to cut the ties eventually with the, that type of player and that type of personality. You know, it perhaps it is time Chelsea moved on. Yeah, Lampard's gone, Drogba's gone, Terry. For all he's not, you know, he's not absolutely awful, and he's certainly improved from from how he was playing at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, I'd agree with you. Just, eventually, you've just got to move on. I'd agree with you on all that. I mean, there was a lot of Chelsea fans on my timeline on mm. Twitter. They were obviously, you know, absolutely livid, blaming Emiliano at the club. For, Somebody you know, I know started an online petition to get him sacked. Oh, God. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the club, I think he's doing it in the best interest of the player and the club themselves. Um, I've always been a John Derrick fan, obviously. Um but it, it's. I think it is time for him to go. Not a lot of Chelsea fans would probably agree, but he's been pretty woeful this season. Um, I don't he think holding, he's going to get any better. Is he holding young players back, for example? Yes. Zuma, however well he's playing, you know, if you took John Terry out of the equation, would Zuma suddenly step up to a high level? There's every reason to think that he would. Well, he's so playing at the he's, moment, isn't he? Is he's keeping Cahill at the team, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that could be that could be affecting Cahill's play if he's if Terry's in there playing not anywhere, you know, not significantly better than Cahill. Or again, Cahill's not had a great season from from what I've seen. But I just think that the, the top teams, the good, the big clubs, and on a, on a to keep their longevity and keep things fresh, they always know when to get rid of their their stars at just the right time. And yeah. of course, the the, the the big name players can play three or four or five years longer. At the top level, compared to what they used to, um, they used to be knackered at thirty or thirty-one, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. But yeah. they can play till they're thirty-four or thirty-five these days at a, at a top level. Um, but the Liverpool's of the past and the Man United's of the past, they always knew when it was t- time to call time on their their captain or their star player. Yeah. And perhaps Chelsea just need to bite the bullet and do it now. Oh, Mark. Um... Speaking of Stephen Gerrard and farewell tours and wives, it's uh, Pancake Day next week. <laughs> ah, okay, so you, you you got that reference, did you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, West Brom won, Swansea won. Um, Swansea were winning right until the very last kick of the game when Solomon Rondon went and spoiled everyone's fun by scoring. Uh, Sina Berahino was a sub in this. They t- apparently, West Brom turned down a £21 million cash bid from Newcastle. Um for him and the fans chanted for him to come on so looks like all is forgiven I still don't see it ending as a happy ending I don't either uh, no. I, I think he shares the same agent as uh, Raheem Sterling mm. I don't get the situation there if they want to keep him they play him and and his value stays high or possibly increases if they don't want him sell him get the money now don't, don't keep him and not play him and let his value deteriorate I just don't understand what they're playing at. It seems a bit spiteful, doesn't it? It it does, and and it 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 seems like a, a kind of a power play. Also, I I, I would have bitten Newcastle's hand off for twenty one oh, and yeah. a half million for for him. Yeah, because <clears throat> for one, Newcastle have already got a couple of you know strikers that they they again tend to play with one up front. They've got Ayatsi Perez, they've got Mitrovic. You know, Berahino is not guaranteed to get a game there. Um, and also Newcastle haven't exactly got the best record of, of taking temperamental young stars and turning them around. So I don't think they would be much of a threat to 
to you know kind of taking over West Brom's position or anything like that. You know, he's, he's not. He probably wouldn't have blossomed there. Take the money, get rid of somebody who's problematic, and reinvest the funds in three or four decent mid-table players. That's what I would have done anyway. That's the football manager thing to do. Mm, that, oh yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Swansea seem to be doing okay a little bit. They're a little bit unlucky in this. Uh, Alberto Poloski um, looked good when he came on, nearly scored. Uh, West Brom next are away to Newcastle, and Swansea, uh, as just said, are at home to Palace. I think both of these will be safe at the end of the season, won't they? I'm not sure about Swansea. Really? No. Guidolin, you're not all over him? Um, it's it's not a lot of time for a manager who's got no experience, really, of, of that sort of um, uh, the Premier League and, and the, the relegation battle within it to adapt. Um, and I think that, that they don't have the most convincing squad. Of all of the teams around them, they're the ones who seem to have done the least impressive business in the transfer market. Paloshi, yes, he's he's quite good and had a lot of promise when he was an Italian under twenty one international, but um I I just I don't quite see them kind of clicking. Um and if you look at what Newcastle and Bournemouth and Norwich have done in the window, which is thing has been a lot more savvy, um the Swans could kind of find themselves adrift almost by default. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, that's the Premier League teams rounded up, uh, or action rounded up this week. Shall we choose an Arsenal 5 side team? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, right, what we do week by week, we pick a Premier League team out and um, we choose an all-time Premier League 5 side team based on one goalkeeper, one defender, any three other players. Um, and the only uh, discretion is they must have played for that team in the Premier League era. So this week we got Arsenal... Uh, my team is uh, Jens Lehmann, Tony Adams, Paul Merson, Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira. Ross has gone for um, David Seaman in goal. This is your fault, Alex. This is picking midfielders in defence. You started <laughs> this with Mascarano. Uh, he's gone for Gilberto Silva in defence, and then he's gone. Ooh. Yeah, and then he's gone Özil, Burkamp, and Henry. Um, at aw underscore Tanner at Colin underscore Render are both gone for Seaman, Adams, Vieira. Henri Burkamp, ARPM57 has gone for Lehman Adams, Overmars, Merson, uh, and Ian Wright. Interestingly, two Arsenal fans I asked said they didn't want to do a team. So, stuff them. Um, <laughs> Alex, who have you chosen? Uh, Lehman in goal. Yeah. Uh, Adams in defence. Um, although now very tempted by Gilberto Silva instead. Um, <laughs> Vieira, Sanchez, and Henri. Okay. Um, Mark? Um, Seaman. Adams, Perez, Bergkamp, Henri. And Ryan? I've gone for Czech in goal, Tony Adams defence, and then Vieira, Henri, and Bergkamp. Okay, um, right. Jens Lehmann's got three votes, David Seaman's got four, Peter Czech has got one. Um, right. I went for Jens Lehmann because he's a little bit eccentric and was always quite good fun. I think he could be quite entertaining, and I think he's quite a five a side player. Is that similar to why you went for him, Alex? Um, I went for him largely on what was in Amy Lawrence's really brilliant book about the 2003-04 season, Invincible, um, and the mentality that he brought um, to the club, uh, that sort of really almost psychotic focus 
Um, he seems like a really intelligent, impressive guy. Um, and, and he's, yeah, yeah, big domineering presence. I think he'd work in Fiverrside. Is he a bit of a fanny merchant, as you would call him, Mark? He's a fucking nutter. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, yeah, but he's not Harold Schumacher S, though, is he? Well, yeah, he made being a nutcase in an, into a, an art form that very few could even match. So why have you gone for Seaman then? Well, he was obviously consistent at a high, uh, and very good and consistent for a long period of time for Arsenal. Um, he had a cracking moustache that he would he failed to ditch even when moustaches were way out of date. Um, yeah, and tail, in five sides, you can't kick the ball overhead height, so there's no chance of anybody doing a Naeem or a Ronaldinho on him and lobbing him from 40, 50 yards. So that's, very that's, that's why I went for him. Um, I'm afraid... Ryan, we might have to count Peter Check out because he's only got one vote, which is yours. So no, that's fine. What I'll do is I'll give you the deciding vote between Lehman and Seaman. I'd go for Lehman just because that Ronaldinho thing with Seaman. I remember watching that game, seeing Seaman off his line. I was like, please stand back. You're going to get chipped. You're going to get chipped. And then he got chipped. So I've never forgiven him. So Good man. Um... Right, defence then. Tony Adams has got seven votes. Gilberto Silva has got one. Now, is anybody... I'm looking at you, Alex. Probably wiggling from that, then. I've wiggled. Have you? Yeah. Go on, yeah, then. I'm squirming in my chair. Why are you um, twerking for Silva, then? Because I'm I'm a big fan of this sort of defensive midfielder playing at the back in five-a-side um, because I think it gives greater fluidity and mobility. Um, and I, I thought Gilberto Silva was an absolutely stellar player. Um, Adams I'm a big fan of um, although he did manage Portsmouth for a while but you can't have everything um, but I, yeah no I've wiggled I, I like that idea a lot do you know I'm wiggling as well I saw them play against Leicester City once and he ran that midfield Gilberto Silva did and he yeah. plays the mandolin as well keep, wow but imagine him him and Vieira basically just sort of sitting as two and then pushing up a little bit if they need to and oh be exquisite. Oh, yeah, I'm, te- I'm. Anybody else convinced by this? Not particularly, no. to be quite honest. <laughs> no. you, you two experts know jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex is right, though, isn't he? He can do a. Ho- he's a whole lot more versatile than Tony Adams, who would probably turn up injured anyway. Adam, Adam, <laughs> Adam, Adam, yeah, Adam, or drunk. Yeah, or drunk. Oh, not anymore. Sorry, I shouldn't no. say that. No. What? The mandolin is also quite a big thing as well. The, the mandolin is, to be honest, what swung it for me. So. Yeah. Your man plays the piano. That's not as, as sexy an instrument. <laughs> That's what Adams plays. That's Don't just... Play an, an, an piano. Sorry? Adams plays the piano? Yeah. Well, I never knew that. There you go. That's not as interesting an instrument. As a mandolin, it'd be more difficult to play, I'm sure. No. Mandolin is just a, a child's guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and I can play guitar, so if I can play guitar, any pocket can play guitar. Uh, Ryan, what do you reckon? Um, no, Gilberto Silva as uh, a... Def- First of all, it was a, a defender, not a midfielder we could turn into a defender... But, no, you know, I think Tony Adams, is, he's a very strong centre-back. And Gilberto Silva, you're right, he's a great defensive midfielder. He's very versatile. Um, 
I think you know if you're playing if you're playing five aside, you need a, a strong centre back that's going to stay back, you know, stay with your goalie and stop any of those sort of balls going forward. So, well, yeah. I mean, if we're going to possibly have Vieira, do we need Silver? Well, that's that's the thing, really, isn't it? Do you want two of those players when because then you're hurting your attack? Alex, what do you reckon? He plays the mandolin. If, yeah, Silverto Silver's in. <laughs> well, there you go then. <laughs> I've got the pen, I've got the paper. I write it down. <laughs> right, we're midfield then. All oh, the, the three attacking players. Um, we've got Dennis Bergkamp with five votes, Patrick Vieira with five, Thierry Henry with seven. I mean, we're all a given that Henry is in, aren't we? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, no question. Does he play the balalaika? Because <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't, I'm afraid he's only got a place on the bench. Well, he's French. He's going to play the accordion, isn't he? <laughs> string of onions and a beret. Yeah, the stripy jumper. Um, Dennis Bergkamp is getting nowhere near this team for reasons I explained earlier on. Me and my sister went to watch Leicester versus Arsenal once and she wore a Dennis Bergkamp t-shirt and we waited about an hour and a half for the team bus to arrive and he walked straight past. No autographs, no autographs. I'm not signing any autographs. He's getting nowhere near this team. He made my sister cry. I mean, who are you going to put instead then? Uh, well, I've gone for Paul Merson. Mer- he was an unbelievably good player. He's no Burkamp, though, is he? He signed my sister's T-shirt that day. Well, was it not just a tip for the three thirty-five at Kempton that he wrote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. She went for Burkamp, and she ended up with Merson and Winterburn written on her shirt instead. Um. He was, I mean, you must remember him playing as well, just, mustn't you, Mark? He was a fantastic player. Merson? Yeah. Um, yeah, but he wasn't in Bergkamp's class by any means. Um, Dennis Bergkamp also looks like... No, no. <laughs> Do you know what? There's no way in the world. He's, he's, he's also... He had a bit of a nasty streak in him as well, Dennis Bergkamp did. I remember him getting Coventry's Paul Williams sent off for... A dive, Mark, you'll hate this actually. He dived, uh, and not only did he dive, when he stood up, he pulled a pretend card out of his pocket, you know, the way that these dirty foreign players do, and stuck it in the air as the referee, and the referee sent off Paul Williams. Yeah, but Paul Merson did that stupid celebration after one of the cup final wins. Yeah, we were Where he had that stupid floppy haircut, and he was down in pints with his tongue sticking out. For me, that's a capital punishment offence. Is that worse than a dirty foreigner cheating and trying to get somebody else sent off? Yeah, because he just looked like a knob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, right. You didn't go for Bergkamp, did you, Alex? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I I went for Sanchez. You did. Uh, You're the only one that's gone for Sanchez. Yeah, I, I just really, really, really like him. I just think he's a, a great player. I think he's hardworking, energetic. He's obviously extraordinarily talented, um, and. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, he's he's probably the one player in the current Arsenal side that I have total respect for, regardless of how they're doing otherwise. So it seemed rude to leave him out. Rude? Well, can't have rudeness, can we? No. Well, if it means not having Bergkamp, I'm happy to have him in. I'd, I'd rather Perez. Yeah, and you've got you've got enough winners and top quality players from Arsenal's history that, however good Sanchez is, you shouldn't really get in Arsenal's best ever. Premier League five-a-side team ahead of Pires, ahead of ahead of even somebody like Lundberg, who was so effective for Arsenal. Lundberg's a great shout. 
actually, yeah. not, not as skillful, perhaps, as Sanchez, but how often did he, was he in the right place at the right time to, to score or to, to just play the ball in nice and simple to Henri to tap it in or whatever? But is that also not a reflection? Sorry, is that also not a reflection of the fact that Sanchez just hasn't been there for as long and so doesn't have that cachet that we associate with those other players who I, I don't deny for a second are phenomenal? Yeah. But, you know, there's there's nothing to say that Sanchez in five years' time won't be, you know, either mentioned in the same breath or have surpassed them. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And, and Ryan's choice of Czech as the goalkeeper, if we ask this question in three or four years' time and Czechs help Arsenal win a couple of league titles, maybe get to a Champions League final. Maybe that's a bit wishful thinking, but he, he if you choose between Czech, Seaman and Lehman, at the, at any of them at their absolute best, wherever they've played, then Czech is probably the best of all of them. But we're looking at, as you say, how much have they got in their back catalogue at this particular club? Somebody who's brilliant have been brilliant for four months when you've got somebody like Seaman or Lehman who were who were very good for four, five, or even ten years in Seaman's case at a club, should they should be the ones getting in ahead of somebody who's only been there five minutes, but could be a great in a few years' time, just simply because they are an excellent signing right now. You know? You're letting me down, Mark. I'm doing what? You're very much letting me down. For the time you've been on this podcast, you're standing up for true grit and determination against the term you've used before, Fanny Merchants, yet you've gone for Burkamp and Pires, who've got Fanny Merchants written all over them. But you said it yourself, Burkamp could get, foot, get his foot in, get his elbows out. That's not necessarily the mark of a Fanny Merchant. Pires, yeah, he, he was um, King Fanny Merchant, or Le, Le Merchant de Fanny, as he might say in French. In French, That's not French, but you know what I mean. But he was a hell of a... Again, how skillful would he be at five-a-side? Mm. Nobody, you wouldn't get anywhere near him. Well, all right. Well, I tell you what, I'm happy to have Pires if we have Sanchez as well. Uh, but uh, at whose expense? Sirkamp. Right, but then where's Vieira? Uh, we got Silver instead. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. We can't have... <laughs> You can't have silver and drop Vieira. That's that's bonkers. Well, okay. Should we make a case for Vieira midfielder? Does anybody want Patrick Vieira in in this front three or this midfield three? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well I, well, I vote. Okay, so we've got Vieira then. So we got one more. So we've got to choose between. I, I've been persuaded for for Perez. I have as well, actually. If it means Bergkamp not getting. In. I quite like Robert Perez as well, actually. Yeah, great hair. Very, yeah. very good player. I think touching on that Sanchez thing we were talking about sort of a minute ago or two, with like people like Lundberg and Perez, they were playing with players like Henri, which were you know, it did it make them look better? Probably did because the balls they were playing Henri could get on. Whereas Sanchez is currently playing with no disrespect to Oliver Giroud, but he's not on the same level as Henri or Burkamp. No, so no. It, it it's difficult for Sanchez, I think, to sort of think of Sanchez in that role of say a Perez or a Lundberg as you know he's going to amass past sort of Arsenal legends almost because he simply you know hasn't got the players around him to support him and back him up okay so that's our team there we've got Jens Lehmann in goal Gilberto Silva in defence then Vieira Patrick Vieira uh, Robert Perez and Thierry Henry up front all happy yeah Mark 
Yeah, they've got plenty of players to choose from. It's a hard choice, and whoever you put out for an Arsenal team is going to be a damn good five-a-side side. Did we get um, Roy Keane, the Manchester United team? Uh, I don't remember. Perhaps not. I know. Dave, I do remember that David Beckham didn't get, didn't get in. Yeah, I do remember that as that well. That much I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have David Beckham in a five-a-side team, though. No. Uh, what would that be? Well, Colin, who's on the Sunday Show podcast, is he's very pro English players that play for England. So Lampard and Beckham and people like that. We've had proper feet stomping during the course of doing this. You mean healthy debate? <laughs> healthy debate. That's the word. It was feet stomping, wasn't it, Mark? Um, it was toys out of the pram. It was name calling, <laughs> eye gouging. It was the works. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Uh, right, we're well, not going to pick a team out for next week, and I've got Swansea City. Uh, I think we get a decent team out of that, can we? Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got a few good, again, good five-a-side type players. Swansea. Yeah. Jack okay. Cork. Routledge. Brittany. Leon Breton. Patricia Routledge. <laughs> <laughs> that's him. Yeah, that's her. We'll get that one in. Uh, okay, and then I think we've got one more team after that, and before we start drawing these against each other, and I think we might have to do a bit of a surprise for a couple of weeks' time. Um, so that's our five-a-side team. If you want to tweet us and let us know your team, at Man on the Post is the Twitter account. Uh, Ryan, if people want to start following you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, my handle is at the Ryan Goodman. At the Ryan Goodman. Uh, Alex, you? Anyone not following you? Uh, at AFH Stewart with an EW. That's the one. Uh, Mark, how do they follow you? It's at the football pink. At the football pink. And at the football pink, uh, is there, are they on sale now? Yes, they're on sale. Okay, so they can contact you or go through the website, can't they? Absolutely, yeah. Super. Okay. Um, hopefully, Ross and the guys will be back this Sunday talking about what we've been previewing. Um, you can rate the review and leave us a review on iTunes. That's... Um, very kind of you. The higher, the better the review, the higher up the charts we get. We're also now hosted on Acast. You can listen to us uh, via there. You can subscribe um, via Acast as well. Um, again, that pushes up the ratings. And uh, they're very nice people at Acast as well because they say we have to mention that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you enjoy that, Ryan? Yes, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Super. Are you coming again again soon? Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. Right, excellent. Well, all it means to be said is uh, thank you for listening and always remember to keep your man on the post. I just can't get enough. 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 His name is Slides. He wears that name is Slides. I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. When he scores a ball in and when he scores a head, I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. He scores a goal and the cock goal wild And I just can't seem to get enough Smallest tip tip to the